Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. If you want to learn useful, practical how-tos of weight loss, exercise science, nutrition, or just how to optimize your time in the gym and life, this show is for you. Welcome to another episode of the Project Fitness Podcast, How to Live Without Fiber, the counterclaim to Precision Nutrition's carnivore diet explanation. Here's my story. In mid-2020, I was reading books on brain health, such as ketosis, epilepsy, how to prevent cognitive decline, and then I stumbled upon the carnivore diet. Following certain promoters of it, such as Dr. Sean Baker, who would routinely go into fast food joints and order a dozen burgers and just eat the patties, I said, yeah, that's, that's definitely not for me. I like meats, I like burgers, but I just would not feel good after eating all that stuff, so I just wasn't inclined to try it. But then I stumbled upon Dr. Paul Saladino and his work around ancestral-based carnivore diet or nose-to-tail dieting. So I purchased his book, read his book, The Carnivore Code, and it was heavy on research, heavy on research, pointing towards health, including increasing brain health. And I said, okay, this is a little bit more enticing to me. I was born with a tiny brain, so I said, I wonder what we can do to maximize it. So I started the carnivore diet in October. I said, I'm going to go 30 out of 32 days. Um, The reason why 30 out of 32 days, I had a family uh, trip planned, and there's going to be two days there, and uh, I like to drink beer. So I said, 30 out of 32, I'll be super strict, and then two days I won't. So for me to do this, it was essentially an experiment. I started at 196 pounds, and I knew right away I wasn't a good candidate for something like this because I didn't really have anything wrong with me. It's not like I had skin issues or digestive issues or I was obese. Like, there was no joint pain. There was no rationale for me to do this based on some of the claims of of these types of diets. But I wanted to try it, and I said, well, what's the worst-case scenario, right? Obviously, I don't feel good, and then I can just stop and go back to eating the way I was. So after 32 days... I like what had happened. My body felt pretty good. And it always did feel pretty good, but it felt a little bit better. And then my weight started to to drop. I stayed the course beyond the 32 days to the point where my weight actually got down to 178. So that was 18 pounds. And I wasn't starving. I wasn't hungry. I've dieted before. And the goal was never to lose weight, but that was the side effect. I followed the nose-to-tail diet, ingesting animal organs, I'd have bone broths, I'd have muscle meat, suet fat, and I stuck to sea salt for flavor. My morning routine would kind of look like this. For breakfast, I would always have sometimes 5 to 10 ounces of red meat, organic grass-fed beef was my go-to. Some mornings I'd have 5 eggs. I would have some liver with that or some organ meat as well, such as chicken hearts. I would always have a high amount of fat in my diet too and connective tissue. So sometimes I'd be eating like the connective tissues of animals, like the ligaments and stuff. You know, there's glycine in there and that complements uh, methanine that's found in muscle tissue. So it is a good combo to keep your connective tissue strong on yourself. And again, I just stuck with sea salt for the majority of my flavor and found different ways to, to cook meat. I ate a lot of salmon roe, salmon eggs, bone broths, and I would eat about three meals a day. 
one of my favorite meals was just a bowl of, of ground beef. I would just have ground beef and salt, and to me, that was delicious. I've even needed things such as chicken hearts, beef liver, chicken liver, had a beef heart, had a beef heart a few times. That was pretty good. Those were some of the, the organ meats that I was eating on a more regular basis. But I was eating liver daily. Going into this, I knew I'd have to actually get some blood work done. So I requested a full blood workup based on a conversation that I, I had with Dr. Saladino. And after all my results came back, there was no negative side effects except for one. Um, but I had high levels. So here's the positive things. I had high levels of B12, high levels of zinc, high levels of free testosterone, high levels of vitamin D. So to the point where these are not normal things, these are the common things everybody lacks, but they're taking B12 supplements or taking zinc supplements. I didn't take any supplements during this. I didn't even do a protein shake, not even a multivitamin, nothing. So my blood work came back and those were all high. And even my naturopath was a bit surprised when she saw my vitamin D. She said, anyone who lives in Ottawa, which where I am right now, is low in vitamin D. She said, just put everyone she has to put on a vitamin D supplement. So I wasn't getting more sunlight. This was the fall and the winter. I had a high vitamin D count. And again, it wasn't from a supplement and it wasn't from sunlight. One thing that came back low was my vitamin C levels. The RDA recommends 60 milligrams of vitamin C on a daily basis. Uh, muscle meat can have 12 to 14 milligrams per pound. Liver meat can have 30 milligrams per two and a half ounces. So there is vitamin C found in animal products. But my naturopath was worried. So I said, why are you worried? And she said, well, scurvy. You got to be concerned with scurvy. I said, well, what's scurvy? It's a condition that's usually characterized by general weakness, anemia, gingivitis or gum disease, skin hemorrhages. And if you're low in vitamin C, you're going to have difficulty forming collagen. So you would see things like your teeth rot and teeth fall out. Maybe getting injured all the time. And I said, okay, so what happens when I'm not getting that? Based on my levels, I should have that. And I wasn't walking around here bleeding from the skin. I wasn't walking around here in all this crazy joint pain. My teeth were still in my mouth, right? I didn't have any weakness. I didn't have any of the side effects that come with scurvy. So that was like a, uh-oh. So why am I telling you all this? Well, PN, Precision Nutrition, came out with an infographic today regarding the carnivore diet. And they had some claims to it. And I said, I think I can speak on this as, as an experiment. So let me just set the tempo on this. My formal education is university. I have a university degree in kinesiology. I have a university degree in education. I'm certified in personal training under various organizations. I'm a certified strength conditioning coach through the NSCA. And I've taken, you know, double digits of courses over the last decade. I'm not a nutritional expert and uh, I don't pretend to be, and I don't work outside my scope of practice with nutrition. In my field for nutrition, we are advised to guide people in certain directions based on certain things, like a couple courses I took in university, um, the Canada's Food Guide, um, that's it. We don't treat, we don't treat with nutrition. But I can speak on this as an experiment as a person who went through this. So the claims from PN stated that the carnivore diet is an eating style that focuses on eating meat. Now, there is a heavy meat component to it, but what they, they failed to mention, and they put in very small quotes, they said organ meat is also included. Organ meat was a staple. Organ meat was a high component of the diet. And Paul Saladino is not a big fan of chicken. He's not a big fan of seafood either because of uh, the toxicity found in that and trying to find real chickens. So uh, I didn't eat much chicken at all, and I didn't eat much seafood at all. I kind of stayed away from those. 
that wasn't really mentioned in the in the PN infograph. They were more about, you know, it's all just eating meat, 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 meat. But they didn't talk about the connective tissues. They didn't talk about ingesting organs. And organs were a heavy component of the diet. So I ate nose to tail. That's a true carnivore diet. When you look online and you see what's out there, you might see people like Dr. Sean Baker, who smashes 12 hamburger patties at a meal. It's not a carnivore diet that I did. And it's not one I think I would benefit from. They also talked about potential side effects of a carnivore diet, such as vitamin C and not having enough, because I mean, those are found in your citrus fruits, your peppers, your berries, other plant foods. So of course, obviously you would get scurvy. Now, based on my blood work, I should have scurvy. And I didn't. I didn't have any side effects. And Dr. Paul Saladino believes that the recommended amount of vitamin C is too high. He thinks people do not need that. The other potential side effect of a carnivore diet in this infograph was fiber. And they say that there was not enough fiber and it's going to lead to digestive issues, including constipation. Now, fiber is just one of those things. Like It's it's more controversial, I find, when I talk to people about nutrition, uh, more than religion and more than politics. Fiber, I don't think we need it as much as people believe. I think it's a disruptive concept when we have this conversation. And research experts who say we need fiber, the reason why they would say this, they say we need it to poop. We need it to poop. We need to pass the turd. But I don't think we do. I went through this whole thing and I had very healthy bowel movements, healthier than before. Very regular bowel movements. They were solid bowel movements. They were of great color and they were consistent. And I was averaging a bowel movement a day. There was no negative effects. There was no constipation. I was not taking fiber, but I was not ingesting fiber. Experts will say we need the fiber, but I don't think we do. In the cases of idiopathic constipation, so the the term idiopathic means that there's a disorder arise spontaneously. Some experts are removing fiber from the diet. So let's just hit the interweb and see what we find. Found a study in 2012 in the World Journal of gastroenterology so that's a branch of medicine which deals with disorders of the stomach and intestines so the study i found was uh, stopping or reducing dietary fiber intake reduces constipation and its associated symptoms hmm eat less fiber poop more let's see so the lack of fiber was first suggested in the 1970s it was the cause of diseases such as diverticulosis hemorrhoids colon cancer etc since then Partly due to the widespread publicity of media, it's now just accepted that we need to have high fiber in our diet. And the media really pushes it. You can't go on the internet and search up anything about digestion without finding a supplement for fiber out there. So I think that it's just getting pushed a little harder than it should. Our society says that fiber is necessary for a normal bowel movement. And I'm the first person to agree, coming up as a PT and our basic education nutrition guidance from the Canada's Food Guys, everything's push fiber, push fiber, push fiber. Client wants to lose weight, eat more fiber. Client wants to gain weight, eat more fiber. Client's got digestive issues, eat more fiber. Uh, I felt like I worked for fiber.org or something. But that's what we we're always told to do, eat more fiber. It, it increases satiation. It, it's good for this. It's good for that. Insoluble fiber that we get from our food, it's known to increase the weight of stool and assist with a bowel movement. So fiber is said to aid in the retention of water in the colon. It results in stools that are less dry, so your poo is less dry, and it's easier to evacuate, a.k.a. pass the turd. However, the reality is that stool moisture content remains quite high, regardless of the amount of fiber that you ingest or water. Like, you still have a lot of hydration in there. 
So in this one study specifically, there was 16 males, 47 females. The average age of people were 47 years of age. And at the start of the study, all patients were already on a high fiber diet or taking fiber supplements. So after two weeks of a no fiber diet, the patients were asked to continue on as little fiber in the diet as they possibly could. They had already received some relief from their symptoms. They then did a follow-up at the six-month mark, and they found some interesting results. So 41 patients continued on a no-fiber diet, and 16 were on a reduced-fiber diet. The remaining six patients continued on a high-fiber diet for various reasons, such as being vegetarians or the inability to stop consuming dietary fiber for religious or personal reasons. So there were six people there that were like, yo, we're, we're just going to eat the way we normally eat. We're not going to change anything. So with that six-month follow-up, the interval between bowel movements, so that the timing between past the turd, decreased with the reduction of fiber intake. 41 of the patients who completely stopped fiber, their bowel movement frequency, which used to be once in every 3.75 days, so they were playing past the turd almost once every four days. So Monday and then Friday, like to me, as a fitness professional, that ain't ideal. But so they went from past the turn one every four days down to one a day, one a day, which most health experts would say is healthy. Interesting. The six patients who continued on the high fiber diet averaged one past the turd per 4.19 days. Over four days, they didn't change anything and they were only having a BM once every four days. Very interesting results. There was also a difference between the groups and the proportion of patients with associated symptoms. Symptoms of bloating, um, gas, all those on the high fiber diet continued to have those symptoms. The no fiber group had zero symptoms. This is quite counterculture to what we know, but when we look at any website in the world about digestion, what does it say? Eat more fiber. Health literature in today's media can really disrupt our ability to critically think about information out there. So how do we determine what is fallacy versus what is fact on the internet or in books? Recently, I had Dr. Mark Morris on the podcast where we talked to him and two other health experts in the, the field of nutrition. I asked that same question and he said, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But if someone is promising it, there might be some truth to it. Off air, him and I discussed the carnivore diet and he said, you know, for some people, if it works for them, it works. And he said, if you do your due diligence and, and you feel good, it's a good diet for you. Precision Nutrition did a phenomenal job explaining how to utilize a carnivore diet because they did have pieces in there that says you can go strict, you can go not so strict, and you can go not so not so strict, and then how you would incorporate different foods. And they talked about using a checklist afterwards in a rating system of zero to 10 on how you feel. How do you feel after eating this? How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? And then if you score quite high on that, then it's a good indicator that that would be a style of nutrition that would work well for you. I just think they missed the point about what exactly is the carnivore diet, or they failed to then reference that eating high muscle meat versus nose to tail can have different effects on the body. But again, I am just the experiment, so I'm talking on how I feel when I did it, but I still appreciate uh, companies like Precision Nutrition with all their infographics they provide. It is very beneficial to us in the fitness industry. So that's my take on the carnivore diet. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, 
We will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.